Hello, and welcome to A Course in Miracles for Regular People. I'm your host, Reverend Robin. In this podcast, we read and discuss the text of A Course in Miracles. I also have another podcast that is reading and discussing the daily workbook lessons. That one is called A Course in Miracles Daily Workbook Lessons for Regular People. I love talking with people about A Course in Miracles and the daily lessons, and I welcome interaction and feedback. There are several ways you can reach out to me if you'd like to chat. I'm on Twitter at ACIMFOR. I have a Facebook page called A Course in Miracles for Regular People. You can email me at ACIMFRP, that's A Course in Miracles for Regular People, ACIMFRP at gmail.com. Or you can simply go to anchor.fm and leave me a voice message. Actually, you can also make donations on Anchor if you'd like to support this podcast, and I really appreciate that. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hello, and welcome to episode 61. Today we are continuing in chapter 3, The Innocent Perception, and section 2, Miracles as True Perception. And we will be picking up in the fourth paragraph of section two. So in episode 60, we were talking about the idea that at the beginning of that section, Jesus said that he stated that the basic concepts referred to in this course are not a matter of degree. There is not light and darkness with a gradient level in between, there is either light or darkness, and there is no darkness. He also was talking about innocence. Innocence cannot be a partial attribute. If you think you're partly innocent, but not totally innocent, it's going to mess with your mind. You will lack confidence in what you will do or what someone else will do. And that section ended with um, only what God creates or what you create with the same will has any real existence. This then is all the innocent can see, the holy innocent. They do not suffer from distorted perception. But if you have distorted perception where you think that you're not totally innocent, Then that's where the next paragraph picks up and it says, You are afraid of God's will because you have used your own mind, which he created in the likeness of his own, to miscreate. We think we did something bad or naughty and we're going to get in trouble for it because we used our mind to miscreate. Continuing, it says, The mind can miscreate only when it believes it is not free. An imprisoned mind, quote-unquote imprisoned, is not free because it is possessed or held back by itself. It is therefore limited, and the will is not free to assert itself. Now, in a previous episode, we talked about the idea that the mind is supposed to serve the will by allowing the will to be expressed. So if the mind is being held back by itself because it, it feels it's not innocent, then the will is not free to assert itself. 
Continuing. To be one is to be of one mind or will. When the will of the Sonship and the Father are one, their perfect accord is heaven. So heaven is not a place. It's a state of oneness between the Sonship and the Father. When we completely align our wills and our minds with God, that is heaven. That is when we can impact the physical world around us as Jesus did. Healing sick people, raising the dead, feeding multitudes with a small amount of food. Jesus could do those things because he had the realization that it wasn't his physical body, but it was the Father within him that was actually doing the works. It was his, the oneness of his will and his Father's will. <clears throat> so continuing. Nothing can prevail against a Son of God who commends his spirit into the hands of his Father. By doing this, the mind awakens from its sleep and remembers its creator. All sense of separation disappears. As I was reading that earlier, I was thinking, it feels scary. I mean, Jesus, when his body was being crucified, he was hanging on the cross in all kinds of physical agony, and he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then his body took the last breath. So to us, that feels like a really scary thing to do. But I want to come to the place where I can do that because I just feel like I know that we are such powerful creators. That's, that's what we are. It's who we are. We are not to be victims of circumstance in the world. Anyway, continuing. The Son of God is part of the Holy Trinity, but the Trinity itself is one. There is no confusion within its levels because they are of one mind and one will. This single purpose creates integration and establishes the peace of God. Yet this vision can be perceived only by the true, truly innocent because their hearts are pure. The innocent defend true perception instead of defending themselves against it. Understanding the lesson of the atonement, they are without the wish to attack, and therefore they see truly. That's an interesting statement. Understanding the lesson of the atonement, they are without the wish to attack, and therefore they see truly. This is what the Bible means when it says, when he shall appear, and in parentheses it says, or be perceived, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And I looked that up. That's First John, not the Gospel of John, First John, third chapter, second verse.
The way to correct distortions is to withdraw your faith in them and invest your faith only in what is true. You cannot make untruth true. If you are willing to accept what is true in everything you perceive, you let it be true for you. Truth overcomes all error, and those who live in error and emptiness can never find lasting solace. If you perceive truly, you are canceling out misperceptions in yourself and in others simultaneously. Because you see them as they are, you offer them your acceptance of their truth so they can accept it for themselves. This is the healing that the miracle induces. The miracle induces the shift in mindset that allows the receiver of the miracle to see what is really truth. Well, that concludes section two of chapter three. My main takeaways for today's episode are, first of all, heaven is not a place. It's a state of oneness between the will of the Sonship and the will of the Father. And second, nothing can prevail against a Son of God who surrenders his spirit into the hands of his Father. This week, I wish you a week of oneness and surrender. Many blessings. Namaste.